Hi, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast today. These podcasts are brought to you in part by our sponsors, who really truly are what make these podcasts possible every week. O'Fallon Nutrition is a company that I've worked with for over 15 years. They're independently owned and operated, located here in O'Fallon, Missouri, right off of Highway K and Mexico Road. I call this place the Whole Foods of St. Charles County, but even if you are not located on this side of the river, it is still worth the drive. I can remember working all the way down at Powerhouse and still sending people out to O'Fallon Nutrition for their supplements. They are more than a supplement company. You can get grass-fed beef, salad dressing, seasoning for your cooking, uh, hair care products, makeup, uh, deodorant, toothpaste, uh, essential oils, and all the vitamins and minerals that you can think of. If you're looking for clean, whole food nutrition, as well as home care, house care, skin care products, O'Fallon Nutrition is your place. You can take a look at them at O'FallonNutrition.com, or if you'd like to have something shipped, if you're listening to me from outside of St. Louis, you can certainly have items shipped. I know they do free shipping if it's an order over $50, and the phone number is 636-240-5283. Again, it's O'FallonNutrition.com. As well as if um, preparing your food on a weekly basis is your primary excuse for why you're not able to stay on a good clean eating program, which is something that I hear very regularly from my clients, I would ask you to please take the time to check out Pure Plates. It's pureplatesstl.com. They are a phenomenal place. We get our food from there during the week. They deliver to our integrity location. They will deliver to your house. Uh, They also uh, are just available for pickup. You can go to their Chesterfield location or their Kirkwood location and just pick up meals for the day as well as um, just having them delivered right to your door. So if preparing your food is your main excuse for why you cannot stay on a healthy eating program, then I would suggest just stop by Pure Plates. Just try it. If you're trying to lower your blood pressure, you're trying to lower your cholesterol, you're trying to get your blood sugar down, try to do Pure Plates meals for a week and just see how different you feel. These are organic meals. They are gluten-free. If you need them to be, they can be dairy-free. They are soy-free. You're not taking any processed sugars or meat curing agents or preservatives. They really truly believe in nutrient dense meals that are just whole food nutrition. And I've had my clients or have made recommendations for my clients for years at Pure Plates. It's pureplatesstl.com or you can call them to ask questions at 636 778 3555. Again, remembering that they have a location in Chesterfield as well as in Kirkwood that you can just run by and pick up a meal today. Hi, everybody. It's good to be back. I'm just preparing a podcast and uh, decided to go ahead and do it as a Facebook Live. So if I answer questions along this podcast, just understand that I'm doing a Facebook Live and I like to try to answer questions along the way for folks that tune in. I appreciate everyone's support of the podcast and uh, uh, have been doing the podcast since January and had a radio show for over six years on FM News Talk 97.1. So we decided after the first of the year to switch over to podcast and I try to do one weekly. I try to come up with relevant topics, especially those topics that I'm dealing with uh, through the nutrition programs that I work with my clients on. We have a five-month nutrition program here at Integrity Training Systems. And so when I work with folks, I get compounding questions and compounding scenarios. And that's what I usually uh, derive these podcasts from. So if there's 
very specific topics and data that you'd like to discuss or just personally like my opinion in terms of the experience I've had over all the years of doing what I do, I'd be more than happy to do so and would welcome uh, different topics and different options as you uh, listen or as you tune in to us. Uh, you can listen to these podcasts on uh, SoundCloud as well as Apple Podcasts. So if you tune in uh, under Debbie Portel, uh, you can find me or an Integrity Training Systems. And we have a list of podcasts or you can go out to IntegrityTrainingGroup.com. And uh, we have all the years of, of the radio show and podcasts listed out there. Um, today, I want to talk a little bit about behavior and children and how food can impact that and and just Rather or not, people actually think that that's a happening or, you know, it, with their child's behavior, you know, can they actually correspond that to uh, the food that they're eating? And what I've noticed, um, we have a second grader. So, you know, I've worked with parents with children for almost 20 years now. And obviously uh, eliminating sugar it, or, or not necessarily eliminating it, but limiting sugar has always been a, a big factor in being able to help people to change their children's health. Uh, but um, I've noticed in, so in, in from the school perspective, from starting from preschool, uh, it is a real struggle to limit the amount of sugar that you provide your child because when they go to school, they're being given sugar almost, I mean, several days a week. I could almost say almost every day. Um, the only reason that Sophie doesn't get sugar every day is because we've instructed that we'd like her to not have sugar every single day. Uh, so you might be a parent that's really trying to focus on allowing your child to live or, or providing your child with a very healthy lifestyle. But because of the fact that you um, send them to school, uh, they, they, you actually don't have a choice in the different types of treats and rewards that your child's being given. So they might be given sugar all throughout the day, different types of candies and, and different types of treats like Rice Krispie treats and things like that. So understand that there are some things that are obviously better than others, but the reward system in schools, the, the one thing you could do is you could communicate with the school that your child does not respond well to it and that it's in the best case or it's in the best interest of all parties, especially the teacher, uh, if the child is not provided with too much sugar because at some point, the behavior is going to change when the child is given this much sugar. So first, I want to like kind of brass tack something and just talk about blood sugar and the response that the body has when you have sugar. So let's say that we give our child pancakes for breakfast and there's syrup on top of those. And that's all they have is just three or four pancakes for breakfast or even more convenient, let's say they have a Pop-Tart for breakfast, which has the frosted, you know, um, whatever, frosting on top, the sugar frosting that's on top. That breakfast is just carbohydrates. And it's not only carbohydrates, it's not that I fear giving a child carbohydrates, it's not only carbohydrates, but it's quick to convert to sugar carbohydrates. It is going to convert to sugar super, super fast. So they're going to have an insulin spike. And what's going to happen is because they don't have any, an adequate amount of protein or an adequate amount of fat with those pancakes or with that Pop-Tart, 
they're going to collapse. So they're going to have that for breakfast. They're going to go to school. They're going to be super hyper on the bus. They're probably going to get in trouble on the bus. They're going to be talking too much for the first couple of hours at school. And then all of a sudden, it's going to be reading time mid-morning, and they're going to crash. They're just going to absolutely crash. And some schools will provide a snack. Some schools don't. Uh, sometimes the snack, though, is really no better. It might be goldfish crackers or uh, popcorn. It's really just... Just, again, another quick to convert to sugar carbohydrates. So therefore, they have another insulin spike. And so then we take them into lunch. Well, depending upon what we're giving our children for lunch, you know, is it a balanced meal? Or are they just eating, again, another pile of carbohydrates? I mean, I've looked in the lunchroom and I mean, I see some kids that are having, you know, Nestle Toll House cookies for lunch and uh, uh, bags of potato chips for lunch. You know, there's still just more carbs converting to sugar quickly and spiking the blood sugar. And then that ride, that ride up is going to cause certain type of uh, behavior. And that quick ride down is going to cause a certain type of behavior. But their brain is never really going to be stable. So their mood is going to change. Their behavior is going to change. So it's really going to be tough to keep them at a great balance if that's how they're being fed. And then if the teacher's throwing in a sweet tart, Tootsie Rolls, um, Skittles, uh, any type of of treat like that all throughout the day to reward them, which is great that they're rewarding them, better that they would reward them with a sticker or an eraser. But the fact that they're rewarding them with that type of sugar means that they're really going to have an insulin spike. So just notice just from that lack of blood sugar control, sugar control, how the mood of the child could change up and down, up and down, up and down. Now, there's an aspect to the sugar and there's some things that compound with the sugar that can really make things much worse. And the first thing that I want to talk about is uh, food dyes. This is very important. So if your child is having like a fruit gelled type of thing, like maybe a gummy bear or a... Um, a Skittle or a sweet tart, just anything that's been dyed. Just think about all the colorful things, even some fruit snacks, you know, look and see if there's food coloring or food dyes in that food. And I just want to actually read some of this data for you. This is not me in my opinion. This is just, you know, a specific article that I'm reading regarding food dyes. It just does a really good job of just explaining, you know, what the impact can be had and what food dyes are. When we think about it, it seems logical that consuming candy drinks or foods with petroleum-based colorings not found in nature might be problematic. But that's the problem. We just don't sit and think about it. We don't realize or sit and think, okay, when I give my child those Skittles or the sweet tarts or the gummy bears, I, I'm giving them a petroleum-based product. How could this possibly be good for them? But the problem is we don't sit and think about that. Food companies add over 15 million pounds of artificial food dyes into food each year. Uh, artificial food dyes have been linked to behavioral problems, various types of cancers, and other problems. This is really interesting. The European Union requires foods with food dyes to come with a warning label uh, and has banned many of the dyes that are still usable in the United States. Um, I would say uh, 
uh, to Lydia, the healthiest snack to send, I'll definitely address that as we go on. Many people come in contact with food dyes without even realizing it. And it, it comes in toothpaste. Do you think of kids' toothpaste? You know that there's food dyes in there because it's a different color. Uh, crackers, pickles, yogurt, potato chips, pastas, and other foods uh, would not be, that would not be a, an obvious source. And I'm not even talking about those foods. I'm talking about the obvious, you know, foods that have the dyes in there. What is a food dye? There are seven artificial food dyes approved uh, for in the U.S. And the most commonly used are Red 40, Yellow 5, Yellow 6, which make up 90% of the market. These dyes are created synthetically in several ways. Some dyes are created by burning coal tar and others are derived from petroleum byproducts like tartrazine and erythrazine. Uh, these artificial dyes are added to foods to enhance their color and to make them more kid friendly, but they are nutritionally void and potentially harmful. Many food dyes have already been banned by the FDA after research found that they are caused substantial health problems from minor illness to cancer. And surprisingly, little research has been done to prove that the remaining seven dyes are safe. So there still have seven dyes out there. We have no idea if they're safe or not. Um, in the European Union, foods containing artificial food dyes are required to carry a warning that says consumption may have adverse effect on activity and attention in children. Okay, so it, it's just stating that there is a warning on the product that if they consume this food dye, that it could cause an, an adverse impact on activity and attention in children. Those same food dyes are routinely marketed to children in the U.S. without any such warning. The FDA currently holds the position that they have not found any conclusive evidence that food dyes cause behavioral problems in children, but that some children who are susceptible will notice an increase in symptoms of ADHD from consumption of food dyes. Most children have ADHD and they don't know it. Um, many, many years ago, we didn't have ADHD. We had children that misbehaved and maybe were not disciplined properly. But there are, there are foods that were not in existence 15 years ago. And these food dyes were not being used in so many different foods 15 years ago. So we can't just always think it's a discipline issue with the child. We have to realize that could potentially be a physiological issue that the child is actually dealing with. So you really wanna pay attention to if these food dyes are in your children's food. Research suggests that some children may be susceptible to even tiny amounts of artificial dyes, but that a significant number of children were affected by uh, amounts over 35 milligrams per day. Recent research from Purdue University showed amounts of dyes in common foods was much higher than expected than, than and that one bowl of brightly colored cereal or some candy and macaroni and cheese was enough to break the 35 milligram threshold. In fact, it was estimated that many children are consuming three to four times the 35 milligram amount per day. Just look at your child's food. I mean, it even said uh, macaroni and cheese has food dye in it. You know, it should just be macaroni and cheese. But then look at cheese and see what's in cheese too. So I wanted to give you this information on food dyes because if your child is being fed gummy bears, if they're being fed Skittles, if they're being fed um, sweet tarts, if they're being fed anything, a fruit snack, I mean, look at what's in it. 
if they're getting in trouble, you know, Sufi has this setup at school where I have to read a book every night and I have to identify if she had a green day, a yellow day or a red day. All right. So if my child is be being given sugar every day at one o'clock, do you honestly think that she's not going to misbehave in the two o'clock hour or in the three o'clock hour or in the 10 o'clock hour? But if I send her out the door with pancakes and pancake syrup and a pop tart, then I can't expect that she's going to be able to go to school and not start talking and not be, you know, kind of unable to sit still and not get in trouble for that. So we've got to set them up proper, properly and ultimately balance the nutrients that we give them. So if we're sending them out to the door with those sugars and they're having a big build to their insulin and they're having an insulin spike, then we really can't expect them to go to school and to be able to focus the way that they should. Again, I'll repeat that if the teacher is providing that and providing, you know, a snack of candy or something as a treat, we also can't expect that the behavior is not going to be impacted later on in the afternoon. Whatever they have at lunch, if they're having chocolate milk at lunch, if they're having a cupcake at lunch, if they're having sugar, we have to understand that their behavior is going to be impacted by that in the afternoon. So what we decide to feed our children has to be balanced. We want to make sure that we're balancing their brain by balancing their nutrients, the right amount of fat, the right amount of protein, and the right amount of carbs, but what types of carbs are they having? How quickly do they convert to sugar? What types of ingredients are in with those carbs? What, you know, what's involved? Are any of these food dyes in there? For crying out loud, avoid the food dyes. Instead of giving your child a fruit roll up or um, a gummy fruit or a fruit snack, give them fruit. You know, just provide them with fruit and even be careful with uh, dried fruit because it's typically rolled in sugar as well. A balance of blood sugar will create a balanced brain. It will create balanced neurotransmitter levels and then they will go through their day in a much, much better balanced state. Another thing to consider is foods with gluten, dairy and sugar will have an opiate style response on the brain. So then the child's going to be in need of more. They're going to be seeking where their that next level is. If you were on an opiate, you would be doing the same. And because of that opiate style response that it has on the brain, the child will go through a withdrawal when it's not having it. And those withdrawal symptoms can be behavioral issues. So if you have a custodial arrangement and you're feeding the child one way and the parent is feeding, the other parent is feeding the child the other way, you can expect that that child is going to go through a legitimate withdrawal when they come to your house and they're not having all that processed sugar, not having excessive amounts of gluten and not having the dairy. So just understand that gluten, dairy, and sugar will have an opiate style response on the brain. The kid will be looking for that next fix and they will act in such a way to where they need it the same way a person would act is if they were taking a pain medication and they needed it and they they weren't able to get it so remember balancing blood sugar is balancing brain watching those foods that are going to cause a high histamine response like dairy corn soy and sugar those types of items are important as well but really watching gluten dairy and sugar because of that opiate style response now when we look at our foods if we're seeing sugar cane sugar or we're seeing syrups or we're seeing artificial sweeteners 
We have to understand that our kids are not going to be as equipped as they should be to get through their day. There's a way that you can feed your child in the morning to where they do not have to have those types of sugars. That's the reason that we created the bakery in the, to begin with was because we wanted Sophie to be able to have a balanced you know, diet and to be able to make it through her morning without having all that sugar. When you look at cereals for your children, it's next to impossible to find one that doesn't have sugar in it. And, and you think, okay, I'm going to look at the grams of sugar. Oh, well, it only has seven to 10 grams of sugar. Would you open up the sugar jar and go in and spoon fill sugar in their mouth before they went to school? You wouldn't want to do that because you wouldn't want them to consume that amount of sugar because you know that they wouldn't be adequately fueled for school. So when you look at the seven to 10 grams of sugar, you have to understand that's what they're going to be consuming in that cereal. And then on top of that, we're going to be putting dairy and all different types of other items on there. We want to look for balance. You know, an example of different breakfasts that Sophie's had would be eggs. Uh, she'll do hard boiled eggs. I'll make her little baby omelets with different things things in it. Um, she'll do eggs and fruit. Uh, we try to just do maybe some fruit with a little bit of flavored flaxseed oil on top of it. So she has really good fat or maybe like some cinnamon stevia uh, roasted nuts on top of the fruit. So she has some good fat with it. Or we blend a smoothie with egg white protein or collagen. And we use things like the flavored flaxseed oil or we use chia seeds or we use coconut oil or coconut butter that's flavored. And then we make her a smoothie with the fruit. Good fat, good protein, good carbohydrates. Now the muffins that we make have almond flour, they have protein powder in them, they have coconut oil in them. So then she's getting that really good balance of carbs, fats, and proteins. So that's just examples. Now, as far as snacks are concerned, Think about good quality fat, you know, a way for them to get maybe like some almond butter or some cashew butter, throw some chocolate protein powder in with that almond butter or cashew butter and maybe get some golden raisins, which have not been uh, rolled in sugar and make little protein balls for them. You could crisp up some whole oats uh, with some cinnamon and some stevia and then roll that in with that nut butter and make them little energy bites as well so that they go with those balanced nutrients. Understand that a lot of skin issues come from just an imbalance of nutrients and having too much of one high histamine producing food. So when a child is dealing with things like eczema, gut issues, um, you know, just different allergy issues on a consistent basis, you have to think, is it really in my child's best interest to consume dairy on a regular basis, to consume corn on a regular basis, to consume gluten or to consume sugar? Start with one at a time and just say, we're taking gluten out and don't necessarily just put them on gluten-free foods because those are very high starch foods and they're not necessarily going to be an improvement. Want to put them on just good nutrient-dense foods, things like almond flour, things like coconut flour, you know, things that are made with those types instead of something like potato starch. You don't necessarily want to just go to a gluten-free food because those are also very high starch foods as well. So, Consider if your child's dealing with regular allergies, regular gut issues, gut issues equal allergy issues, gut issues equal brain and attention issues and behavioral issues, 
or skin issues, things like eczema, breakouts, psoriasis, those types of things. Consider trying to eliminate one of those foods and see if there isn't an improvement. Eliminate two of those foods and see if that doesn't help. Hire a professional like me and I can guide you through the process. Now, we've already talked about the food diets, but I want to talk about a couple of other foods. First thing, salad dressing. Hidden Valley Ranch is one of the first things that people will uh, give to their children. And so this was a great summary article. And I would, would welcome uh, any of you or, or I would suggest any of you to go out and look up the ingredients in Hidden Valley Ranch. And I, I hate just like really putting the finger on a specific uh, brand like that. And in fact, normally I don't do that. But if you look up multiple types of ranch dressing, so don't want, just want to point the finger at that one, but that one is one that you could look up the ingredients. You are going to find MSG in those ingredients. You're also going to find soybean oil in those ingredients. You're going to find sugar. Soybean oil is a highly inflammatory oil. It is terrible for you. It is a high histamine producing oil. It will cause allergies and skin issues. It will cause gut issues. MSG is MSG. It is terrible for you. So one of the, the top foods that cause brain fog and just cause a child's inability to focus is salad dressing and pre-cooked meats. This article does a wonderful job of explaining it. It says if your lunch salads get a good dose of dressing, it may be one of the causes of your brain fog. The food additive MSG used as a taste enhancer and flavoring agent is hidden in almost all processed foods, ranging from bottled salad dressing, soups, and canned goods to many restaurant meals. People can experience physical symptoms when eating uh, foods that are contain MSG that last from a few hours to days. And the most common of these is brain fog. This is important. I think you guys will enjoy this. Here's how it works. The free glutamic acid um, is the active component in MSG and is converted to glutamate in the body. Glutamate is a neurotransmitter or simply a chemical messenger that transmits signals between neurons in the brain. However, too much glutamate, uh, glutamate is toxic to the brain as it triggers an excitotoxic state that leads to cell death. This is going to repeat that it says it leads to cell death. In addition, um, it, it, it basically ends up causing uh, free radicals and just overall cellular waste in the body. So it really is terrible. And, and I always think, you know, I don't want to give that to a child. Their body is so fresh and, they, and they're, it's so new and it should be in its healthiest state. I don't want to give it something that I don't want to give that child something that's going to cause cellular death. So identifying foods with MSG can be tricky, however, because it goes by many names. Um, how can you make a difference? Focus on eating a variety of whole foods that are unprocessed, for one, and eating food products with as few of ingredients as possible. Um, I always suggest uh, something like the Primal brand ranch dressing. It's made with avocado oil and just good whole food ingredients that you can pronounce and you know what you're eating or what you's feeding your child. Um, it, it says supplementation may also help. Um, that uh, the study found that uh, taking cur curcumin, the active component in, in turmeric, decreases the glutamate toxicity in the brain. If you've been consuming MSG for years, it gets built up in your system and it can really cause issues, especially even with children. So they would still benefit from that. Here's a biggie artificial sweeteners. Aspartame is one of the most widely used artificial sweeteners worldwide. 
also one of the most controversial. The public health crisis of rising obesity drove us to embrace the idea of sweetness without calories, but study after study has shown that artificial sweeteners such as aspartame can do more harm than good. Now, I, of course, feel the same way about sucralose, sorbitol, a lot of different artificial sweeteners. I don't care for erythritol either. When aspartame is ingested, it breaks down into three different compounds, aspartic acid, phenylalanine, and methanol methanol. <laughs> when consumed and isolated in large amounts, as in aspartame, they are then able to cross the blood-brain barrier, excite the brain cells, and trigger their death. Again, another way for cellular death. Even worse, methanol further breaks down into formaldehydes, which are neurotoxic and carcinogenic. Common symptoms of aspartame toxicity are headaches, mental confusion, problems with balance, and numbness. So think about what we're putting into our kids' bodies. Think about what you're putting into your body. You chewing gum all day long, it probably has aspartame in it. Look at the candies that your kids are eating. Look at the foods and what they're sweetened with. Look at the drinks that they're drinking. When people say, that's that crazy Debbie lady show, she'll tell you, you can't have that powder, you can't have that drink, she's no fun. There's a reason that I'm suggesting it. There's a reason why I'm so passionate about it. And that's just a God-given call that's on my life. But when it comes to children, I get fired up. Now, Stevia, Jenny, would be a really great option. But one thing you want to consider is that you need to get pure Stevia. So many Stevia products, like just at the local grocery store, you really cannot get good Stevia because it's going to have erythritol, maltodextrin, or dextrose in it. So you're going to want to get pure stevia. I always suggest going to O'Fallon Nutrition. They have pure stevia. None of those filler ingredients in there. Oh, if you cannot go to O'Fallon Nutrition, go to Whole Foods, look for the Now Foods brand at O'Fallon Nutrition, or look for Now Foods pure stevia on uh, uh, Amazon. That's one way of doing it. So please avoid artificial sweeteners. Now, no one is going to like this, but I'm going to talk about bacon. And bacon is something that we easily give our kids because we know that they love it. And uh, Jenny, that, that brand was the Now Foods brand. Now, N-O-W. Bacon, or I should just say injected meats. That's going to be lunch meats, sausage, Pepperoni is a really big one. I We don't ever put uh, pepperoni on our child's pizza. When she has pizza, we have hamburger on it. So it's just fake, fake food. But what we're talking about is injected meats. Sodium nitrate, um, sodium um, and sodium potassium benzenate are salts added to processed foods, particularly, meat, particularly meats to preserve freshness. The food industry relies on these additives as taste enhancers and as a way to preserve bright colors that will catch the eye of the consumer. Although the use of the additives is approved by the Food and Drug Administration in regulated amounts, these chemicals are classified as Group 1 carcinogens. Group 1 carcinogens by the World Health Organization a large number of health complaints have been reported by consumers, among them skin issues, respiratory problems, headaches, dizziness, and brain fog. The best way to avoid these additives commonly found in bacon, jerky, hot dogs, pepperoni, and sausages is to read the labels and to choose unprocessed foods. Understand that they make 
uh, bacon that is uncured, look for the no sugar added uncured bacon. You can get it at O'Fallon Nutrition. You can get it at Fresh Time. You can get it at Whole Foods. Oh, Debbie, I don't have time to go to those places. Well, do you have time to take in carcinogens? Do you have time to go to detention meetings with your parents, your, your teachers? You know, do you have time to go to the doctor because you're sick, because you have migraines, because you're dizzy? You don't have time. You need to avoid these foods and your kids need to avoid these foods and you need to look at the ingredients. Sodium nitrate, sodium potassium benzenate. Um, you want to get those out right along, right along with those food dyes that I mentioned. One last thing would be cheese and dairy. And I, uh, most people that know me know that I'm not a dairy supporter. Um, and I have multiple reasons for that. And I have podcasts on that. So I'm not going to waste your time because we're talking about children right now. But milk and dairy products such as cheese and yogurt and whey protein are, are just one of the food categories that the FDA is also rec recognized as a major allergen potentially causing allergic reactions in some people that can range from mild to severe and also be fatal. Other foods considered major allergens are gluten, soy, egg, shellfish, um, tree nuts, and peanuts, uh, certain types of finned fish, and sesame. For people with sensitivities or allergies to this food, the body sees uh, the proteins as a threat and produces antibodies to chase them out. So a lot of people with autoimmune conditions really need to make sure that they're avoiding literally every single food that I just mentioned. And there's a way of doing it. I work with autoimmune clients all the time and help them to identify which foods that they should avoid. I have an autoimmune disease, so I'm very familiar with which foods that should be avoided. If you experience symptoms of brain fog, headache, or digestive discomfort when you eat a specific type of food, you may have a sensitivity, but not necessarily an allergy. This is very important to understand. With either situation, it is, a best, it is best to avoid those foods altogether and be careful when reading the labels as there may be hidden ingredients, especially milk and eggs. So if you're confused about the ingredients, research the ingredients. But if a food has an ingredient that you can't pronounce, I guarantee you that your body is not going to be able to recognize it. So reminder, sugar, insulin responses, that's going to imbalance your child's brain and their behavior is going to be directly impacted by that. Food dies. Get them out. Stop feeding your children foods with food dyes. Do your popsicles have food dyes in them? Get them out of your child's life. They shouldn't be having that stuff. There's no benefit to it. Juice. Juice is just an insulin response that, that a child is going to have. It's going to prompt them to end up falling off later and they're going to fall flat on their face and they're not going to be able to pay attention and focus in school the way that they should. Remember that gluten, dairy, and sugar all have an opiate style response to the brain. The child will go through a withdrawal. So when you're removing it, they're going to end up going through a very real physiological withdrawal. You need to replace that with really good quality fat and plenty of good quality protein and good fibrous carbohydrates to to keep them full and satisfied through the process. Um, understanding if your child's dealing with skin issues, gut issues, as well as allergies, you want to really try to limit and, and really mostly just try to, to actually eliminate dairy, gluten, and sugar 
Those are going to be your first steps to trying to control those allergies, getting rid of the eczema, improving the gut issues, and making it to where they're not having, you know, just sick allergies, you know, a cold, sinus infections all the time. If I could stress anything, it's just give your children nutrient-dense foods, things made with almond flour, uh, no artificial sweeteners, no injected meats, just really good quality meat. We get a meat from Whole Foods. It's a an uncured beef salami, and it doesn't have all these really negative ingredients in it. They also have a pure turkey that is just turkey. We get like a, an actual whole chicken and strip the chicken and make chicken salad with that. Uh, hard boiled eggs with the primal uh, mayonnaise or a primal dressing to make egg salad or to make deviled eggs. You know, these are all really simple ways to get good quality meat into your child's lunch. For more questions about how to feed your, your family or how to feed your child or how to improve their behavior with food, uh, you can certainly look into our five-month nutrition program for your children, but just for your family in general. It is a great program and a great way to teach you how to change your lifestyle and to teach you how to feed your family appropriately. For more information on that program, you can take a look at us at integritytraininggroup.com or you can give us a call for a free personal fitness assessment with any of our trainers at our O'Fallon or our Clayton location at 636-299-2208. We are in control of our child's health. We are the ones responsible. We are the only ones that can decide this for them. So let's make great decisions. Let's not make exceptions for poisonous ingredients when we know that there's other options out there. Let's not get ourselves in a position where we are actually peer pressured by teachers and principals and friends and birthday parties and family members that that make us go ahead and allow our, our, ourselves to have a, a product that is poisonous to our family be brought into our home or be brought into our children's body when it doesn't need to be. Take a stand for it. Have the courage to feed your child good quality foods. You'll change their life. They will do better in school. They will have better behavior. They will be better in all things that they do and they will grow up healthy and whole. It will impact them for a lifetime. I pray for you that you will decide today to make different decisions for your family and really choose good, healthy, nutrient-dense foods and do not make exceptions for those poisonous ingredients. God bless you all as you really seek out in faith a healthy lifestyle. Thank you for listening.